Awaken Beauties, finally, it's here. The truth to empower women to true inner beauty through a healthy mind and inner biology. I am your hostess, Cassandra Keel, a 20-year salon owner, organic beauty product formulator, positive mind management, and clinical hypnotherapist. And I am here to help you stay sane, get sleep, and bring your sexy back. Sponsored by evokebeauty.com. EVOQBeauty.com. Now, let's get to it. You know, my friends, when I look back as a 22-year salon owner, I had never intended to become a clinical hypnotherapist, nor a quantum biofeedback practitioner. Now, what's interesting is we use these words, and they're really just words. They're identities that we identify with, and oftentimes to have a position in the market to be able to stancher your knowledge or your skill set, which is wonderful. But now that I really see the power of freeing all three of our minds, meaning the subconscious, the conscious mind, and the superconscious mind, I'm really, truly thankful. And I cannot help to see that there's such, and I know you feel this too, if you're listening to this podcast, there's such an immense amount of human suffering. And reality is, whether we like it or not, most of us live in fear and survival mode. So we all have pain. We all have grief. We all have wins and we all have losses. But really when it comes to the end of the day and you lay your head on your bed, question is, do you want to hold on to it? What is it doing for you? So I want to invite you into this conversation. And, and I, I, recently read some information from a near and dear friend of mine around a lot of this box, maybe called Pandora's box that I've been opening around my own midlife diagnosis of ADHD. And I always preface and go back to this disclaimer that there's nothing to fix about me. And there's nothing to fix anybody that has ADHD or anxiety or depression or an addiction. There's nothing to fix about you. It goes back to that question of how are we hanging on to the traumas, the pains, the griefs in our lives? And who do we have to support us to witness and let these things go? And there is a nuance here that I did want to bring in to the conversation going back to my midlife ADHD. And I don't want to claim that it's my superpower, nor will I ever call it my superpower. And if I do, you can call me out. But I will say that my fast brain and the frequency in my brain is very intuitive. And I'm very energetically sensitive. And that too, we all are to some degree. 
But there's been advances in different methodologies that greatly have connected the dots for me and seeing how I've worked with biofeedback and metaphysics in conjunction with individuals with anxiety or trauma or ADHD. And really it comes back down to the core of what's underneath the surface, what's underneath the dirt, what's underneath that subconscious mind. It's all of those aspects. And connecting the dot on what really is going on with the combination of epigenetics, biology, and frequency medicine, quite frankly, pertaining to ADHD and energetic sensitives and even empaths. Again, all identities, but it's energy. And my quantum energetic and superconscious mentors and other trauma-informed leaders that focus on the polyvagal nervous system theory share the common responses that individuals frequently experience emotionally, relationally, and especially physically as a result of their traumatic experiences. So again, no one is exempt, including myself. And as I've shared my own near-death experience, I can look back and have gratitude of all of my ahas since then about being an old soul, being truly intuitive and sensitive and how that really affected me over those 20 years of how I held all of that deep inside you versus letting it flow through me and, and not taking in everybody's pain around me. And what's interesting is that I extremely I'm cautious to this in the personal development industry and the spiritual communities is that oftentimes when we're trying to go and dig up all of what's wrong with us, oftentimes we're actually digging into essences that aren't even ours. They're familiar, they're generational, they're, they're different aspects of societies that we're trying to heal in ourselves on the benefit of others. So this gets pretty sloppy, but I mean, tell you, it, it will make sense when we get more to the end of how this relates back to neurological and even ADHD. So when I see now the amount of hope through a new light in how our experiences can be compassionately understood in the context of trauma, that we now can recognize professionally and as a society that this can be from the past pandemic, chronic illness, inner shame, assault, and accident, abuse, generational advanced trauma, as I just noted, stored in this hologram of the body and neglect as the big T or the little T, meaning traumas. Now, this information has informed my work deeply and is really a key to what I now teach with my coaching circles on social media streams and my clients. So let me ask you, identities here, but I'm going to use the words. Are you an empath? Are you highly intuitive? Or are you energetically sensitive? And through my consciousness frameworks, I share with you that you're likely are if you're highly attuned to one or more of the five senses, meaning taste, touch, 
seeing, hearing, smelling to a hypersensitive state that it's much more than other people. And perhaps you're also a really fast thinker and a connector of all these dots really quickly seen from the high view. And you're probably really hypervigilant in your mind and feel emotions more intensely. Now, these are all the hallmarks or some of the hallmarks of being intuitive, empathic, or energy aware. And we can no longer ignore those who often experience also ADHD traits because ADHD also have 50, 80% increase of depression, addiction, and anxiety. And so when I started to look at ADHD and all the, the coexisting comorbidities, which we call them just coexisting traits of lifestyle ways that it shows up would be depression, addiction, anxiety, that if you have ADHD, you have an 80% increase up to an 80% increase of these different tendencies. So again, going underneath the root, not trying to heal the top of the plant, but healing the soil that this has resulted really truly in one in four women with ADHD will attempt suicide in their lifetime. And that's one in 34 of a neurotypical. So the question to me is, what are we trying to escape? The answer is the energetic incoherence in the mind and the body that results in pain. Now, Dr. Gabor Mate, I respect his work so greatly, shares that the core of the human soul is the need to feel safe and to feel loved. Maslow also points back to that. And he shares that at the bottom of self-actualization pyramid is the root needed to evolve into our highest self is having our personal needs met. And there's no safety when we start to experience the depression, the addiction, and the anxiety also resulting in isolation. And if there's no safety, we will remain disconnected from ourself and the world. So as we continue this sensory continuum, let's just call it that, we can say now that we're starting to remove the stigma and identify and really help each other heal and be curious and aware as we feel the feels. It takes 90 seconds for that emotion to flush through the neurological and the biological system to flood it out and for it to go all the way through versus stuffing it and holding it in. So to feel the feels and create safety for others to focus on their strengths while mitigating their weaknesses. Now, I will always raise my hand and say, I have an absolute problem with over-spiritualizing and the fix-it personal help development industry, as well as the pharmaceutical. And we all have this issue of saying, it's my way, not your way. And if you don't do it my way, there's something wrong with you. And our minds are quick to judge versus coming back and asking conscious questions. Hmm. I wonder what's going on with this person. I wonder where their pain is, but I'm not going to divert. 
going back to the conversation, what I'm having here today, it's critically, critically important to pause, my friends, to really pause and to ask the deeper question, what are we trying to escape? And get out of the self and understand our loved ones by walking a mile in their shoes. So going back to the history and connecting more of the dots here. After a trauma is had in the body, it becomes extremely reactive physiologically to subsequent triggers. And professionals began to recognize this after World War I, when the soldiers came back shell-shocked. And in 1980, we diagnosed it with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and realized that it applies to events other than war-like accidents, such as serious illness, assaults, abuse. And subsequently, professionals learned specialized treatments, including different tactics like EMDR or psychological help and even hypnotherapy to reprocess, to address the quote unquote, what they call a disorder, which is really trauma in the energetic body, right? So if an individual experiences a trauma after a success of other traumas, their physiological response behaviors and emotions are likely to be more intense and persistent. So this is where we can see how the physiological effect with highly sensitive nervous systems, including those with ADD or ADHD, can also be connected to some of Tom Hartman's research that brings forth the Edison gene theory, that we are actually neurologically wired as hunter types. And if we add that to the conversation, we have a very hypervigilant nervous system. And so to add into the density of little and big T traumas, the nervous system is already set up for a hypervigilant makeup to be able to help self-preserve and to protect their tribe. It goes back to that primitive lower brain that we stem from first. Whereas the farmers in the hunter-farmer theory are more calm, methodological, and understand the times of work and rest and when you plant and when you harvest. And so they're able to process and organize more efficiently in their brain. So what are areas in practical life that this can show up for you? So imagine or self-reflect the following circumstances pertaining to being energetically sensitive. Now, perhaps a particular item of clothing that you find is minimally just really tolerable a tag on your shirt, a certain fabric. Walking on a crowded street in a bustling city is exhausting and not tolerated very well for you. Or loud sounds overwhelm you and you seek isolation to recover. Now, this one for me was interesting is, is that I've had five different salons. And in my last salon that I have right now in a beautiful city, boutique salon, organic, is that I now do chair rental. And I don't have this really urge like I did when I was younger to fill up the chairs at every single moment of the day, because I sound wise, it overwhelms my system and I need to provide a healing space for my client. 
Another one, wanting to scream when having to be in the presence of an individual that you just can't stand. Their energy just leaks into you. Or picking up other people's anxiety and even their unfair judgment of you. I know for me, I can pick that up instantly. But I bring back compassion, right? So now imagine that discomfort happening all day long and you can't make it go away because it won't or can't stop or you're not allowed to get away from it. This is the experience of a hypervigilant nervous system. Call them an empath, call them an intuitive, call them an sensitive and energetically sensitive, call it ADHD. I don't even want to bring those different identities into the conversation because we're all energetic souls, but you're starting to catch on to that there is profound research around highly sensitive people being inundated in life and in school and even with their own body 24-7. And it also affects our sleep. There are those who say that sleep doesn't effectively push a pause button on the sensory input for them. And they don't get the significant relief that they should from even being able to sleep. And this is the key takeaway, is that when you either want to identify with one of these aspects that are brought into the picture as far as those with ADHD have very much the same experience about being hypervigilant and very attuned to energy as do empaths, intuitive, sensitive people, that when living with a repetitive, small or large trauma that hasn't been worked through and the body is responding similarly to how we understand the responses of an individual who have suffered the more traditional big T or little T's is very much one of the one things to bring attention to if you do identify with one of these as well as children. And one thing to bring to note is children. And let's think about their just absolute all out fallouts, right? And one nuance is around children having tantrums, but rather they may be experiencing complete overwhelm and what people call an overwhelming meltdown. Their energy is so intense. Now, meltdowns can be best understood in terms of sensory overload that is occurring from a 24-7 input. And their system, their physiology just can't take one more thing. Remember the story? of the straw that broke the camel's back. This is what is happening to a sensitive when their sensory input from their five sensors or senses, I shall say, or their own or other people's emotions become just way too much and take them from zero to hundred from seemingly no apparent reason. So referencing one of my friends, Judy, she shares a term describing common behaviors of those in autistic populations known as PDA, pathological demand avoidance. It's so funny that we have to name these things, but you know, the DSM has to pick it up and prescribe it. So, but it seems to refer to a negative trait where the individual refuses to comply with what is requested. So it's also akin to what they call ODD, Oppositional Defiant Disorder. 
right? So with my new understanding now of, of just sensitives as well as trauma and avoidances may be a distinct effort to protect oneself from overwhelm. And I absolutely can relate to this. And with that understanding, one wouldn't use a punitive or behavioral approach, but rather look at the antecedents and to see how we can reduce or remove the triggers creating that overwhelm. And when we understand the effects of the body, we realize that to approach treatment from only a cognitive or behavioral approach or productivity hacks or setting timers so you can get out of the house in time or having the perfect planner, it just does not cut it in my mind. It will help with your executive function. Yes. But I just call that design thinking. You design your life for the way that you need to be absolutely using your energy in the best and productive way while having an emotionally healthy life and being as conscious as you possibly can. And it misses the critical part of the experience of the individual. So some different techniques, let's call them to support the mind body, uh, maybe EMDR or havening, which is at havening.org, which helps the body come into that just really, really safe space and different points on the body that you stroke and it helps give that mothering swooning effect. I know for me, hypnotherapy, seeing my clients go through hypnotherapy has been transformational, not only for myself, but my clients in a very fast way, calming and visualization meditations, tapping, breath work, mindfulness, movement, and my goodness, somatic work, which includes watching the body and the breath and the body tension, et cetera. And providing the opportunities for the body to actually release the trapped trauma. And this has been just such a delight to really watch these thought leaders that include uh, individuals such as Peter Levine and Ron Siegel and Patricia Ogden and oh, Stephen Porges with the polyvagal theory, et cetera. And there's also another neurobiologist named Dr. Perry. He's a trauma specialist and he says, you know, instead of asking what is wrong with these kids or an individual or a friend or a family member, ask what happened to them. And he then goes on to suggest the consideration of what do you expect disorder? In the light of labeling, let me repeat that. What do you expect disorder? And he continues to explain that any pattern of behaviors that activates your stress response system and leads to an alteration in how that system is functioning, leads to an overactivity and an overreactivity from the nervous system. Now, all kinds of people have tiny little experiences that activate the stress response system. That's being human, my friends. I totally get it. And if that pattern is prolonged too long, it leads to the very same changes in the brain as big trauma experiences. So those low micro stresses can lead to that big trauma response in the body. And it is way underestimated and way underappreciated component of this narrative. So truly in light of Dr. Perry's work, it's important to look at the antecedents that which comes from 
before that troubling behavior where you're witnessing or experiencing or depressed or anxious about, particularly those that are in the sensory realm and those that are clearly triggered emotions to an individual. So I end with truly, it's my passion to help stressed, highly driven women because I've been there. It was me. And I've had to learn how to self-regulate, fall back in love with my business again, versus me bringing my own traumas. And then my trauma treating me like my business and, and actually beginning becoming kind of resistant, even though I love what I do, but allowing me to take the effort to understand my energetic type. I offer this to entrepreneurs and really becoming no your energetic archetype so you can understand the right support that you need versus wasting your time with trying to figure out your values and who would be best for you. There's a path. There's actually eight paths to wealth, but only one is right for you. You have a very specific genius. And when you can tap into your strengths, understand who you are and start working with your strengths and get the support that you need, life becomes so much better, my friends. So it really comes back to helping highly driven women recognize and shift their personal hidden traumas, the masks, and how it affects their quality of life and business and their upper limit patterns. And I share the ways in which you've unconsciously learned to stop your expansion into enjoying more love and positive attention every day in your everyday experiences. And so in order to show up for ourselves and others, we must first learn how to shift from that fear, that reactivity, and to trust and to flow so you can call on your deep resources within you to participate fully and creatively and consciously in life and business and those that you serve and those that you love. So in my ecosystem, my leading principles of how I help women evolve, are truly practicing being conscious in our life so that you and we can become aware of what your heart's desires are and uncover what's getting in the way. To discover the art of loving yourself so you stop the addiction to learning more and self-help fix yourself programs and Begin to stand up for your own worth, thoughts, your voice, your experiences, the joy of being not only your own guru, but your own best friend and becoming self-confident and autonomous. We all want freedom, learning to trust ourselves, establish and respect your boundaries and take care of yourself. So you're more effective in both your personal and professional life, as well as practice and evolving and always moving and weaving through this integrity and honesty by being brave and feeling unstoppable and enough. In any program you walk into in my ecosystem, you'll practice managing your mindset, your intelligence, what I call spiritual intelligence, and identifying the beginning of the spiral and avoiding getting sucked into that energy spiral so that you can become resilient against societal and generational shame. So you can finally let go as it shows up with less doubt and worry that kept you from feeling fulfilled all of these years. Now, while I can say these are all identities, whether empathic, ADHD, highly sensitive, and intuitive, 
They can be your extreme empower state, or they can be your kryptonite. And as we become informed about the pain and how it's held and how we can just gently let it go with conscious questions and support from a community that gets you, that allows you space to just rant and and be able to spill out your mind and, and figure these things out as an entrepreneur, as a highly driven woman, as any woman, as any man, as any person, as any child, whoever is listening to this, just know that please reach out to any support that you need. Hopefully I gave you a little bit of insight as to so much research being done around those that have ADD or empathic or HSP highly sensitive that they're starting to pick up neurological scans and start to attach to these. But irregardless of any identities, I do not attribute labels. We are all energetic souls, but underneath it all, even though there's research coming out, you don't need to be fixed but there are paths that can kind of bring this all together. And it always starts with vitamin C and community, knowing thyself and really having that vision that's bigger than yourself that collects to other people's rivers that are flowing. So you can get out of your own eddy current and actually become the river of life. So with that said, all my love, all my light, my friends, we'll see you on the next episode. Hello, Awaken Beauty. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Were you inspired? Please leave a comment or your own personal aha moment so others can capture exactly what you did. Also, please like and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you're interested in high quality natural products for your hair, skin, and wellness, including organic, CBD, please visit evokebeauty.com. Again, that is evokebeauty.com, E-V-O-Q-beauty.com. And until next time, darling, stay sane, get sleep, and bring your sexy back. <laughs>